Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers, for 40 in February. <laughs> I, I love that in my heart so much, Erica. You know, you were protesting it before, but I feel like uh, I no. haven't done that enough this month, and we only have a couple more episodes to go, so, yeah. you know. And we, we haven't even done anything on Charles Fort himself yet, but I know that that's, we'll do an episode somewhere down the line of just famous uh, researchers. We'll do like a series on that. I think that would be good, and we can go into Charles Fort then, but uh the the key is forty in times. That was his magazine legacy that came from him, and uh, uh, some even call it Fortiana, which is crazy. Fortiana. I think that's just fancy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was my oh. fancy trying to do that. I think. Oh we my gosh! Have we an episode been... on huh? him, and um, that would be cool. But you know what I'm excited about? You're about to. Oh my gosh! About what we're going to talk about? But I realized. We have done a lot of travel recently. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we haven't you done just a got back. episode. Yeah, you just got forever. back, right? Yeah, I literally just got back from Mad Monster, uh, which was just after MegaCon, where we all got MegaCon crud and 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 almost died. And that episode uh, came out where you know we only salvaged one of the two episodes we recorded there, and technically a third and. Yeah, you know, uh, we didn't Robert, even salvage it well because when we tried to salvage it, it salvaged. Anyway, I don't think yeah. we should talk about it anymore. We need to yeah, yeah, move yeah. on. Moving Robert, on. We love you. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, and then Mad Monster was a blast. We had a lot of fun. We had a couple. Uh, one of our Patreons showed up, uh, and um, I sent you guys the video <laughs> of of yes, yeah, uh, which I thought was fun, and then um. A lot of people who know us from Tampa J and Chris the Girl, and a lot of people who know us from other things. And, uh, um, and but he was a patron who had found us last year at Mad Monster, so that's where he started listening to us. And look and, at the uh, circle of life, there, travelers. It's how it goes. Uh, so, and then we've got literally like a couple days on the ground, and then we're back up traveling again. So you and Carrie are going to be at Pensacon. Yes. Um. Unfortunately, me and Bo and Callie and stuff won't be there, but you'll be at Pensacon. You'll be up in the Artist Alley area, which we'll is up sure in we... the rafters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in that place, which fun, is fun. Fun table, and then um, you're going to be at the Frogman Festival. Like um, a week after or two that, after. yeah. Uh, I think we got a little bit of time to prepare and restock. We sold out of a bunch of prints, so we're having to get more. Um, that's one of the tasks this week on our few days on the ground is to get restocked we're also uh getting more books because we're out of a few of those and um it's fun and Bo, we sold some of your books while we were there we sold some erica books that uh he's gonna hunt you down and have you sign that's so, fine uh, i i can be hunted down at any we've got events we're gonna be at the georgia bigfoot festival so if you have my book and it's yet it is of yet unsigned you should be able to find me at the georgia bigfoot festival but I think my favorite thing you said from the selling of Bose books, because Bose are actually horror books and the cover got redone, but the cover presently has a bare chested man on it. And I think the, are these like Twilight is my favorite thing that happened. Yeah, one, one little kid is like, is that Twilight? I went, yes, but better. <laughs> so, and, then, and then, but the, my favorite was the, the lady who came up and just said, hey, do you all have any smut? And I said, spicy werewolves right down in front. And she went, oh, yes. 
Oh my God. She's like, I normally look around, but I've learned to just ask. And I'm like, yep, that's the way to do it. There we go. There we go. I love that. So Um, Bo is just dripping in money now. uh, All those royalties. What are we talking about today? Okay. All right. So we've been watching movies, right? We've been catching up on- keep making lists. I make lists and all this, but this is one you had said you'd already seen. So we were able to uh, skip it. Uh, but we, I want to talk about it because it's one of those, this is, this is the epitome of Fortean study, right? Okay. But not only done as a, just a study of it, this is actually in practice. And Charles Fort was big on everything that didn't fit in the normal, right? So he was in ghosts, he was in UFOs. He was into psychics. He was into ESP. He was into hypnosis. He was into all these things. And so the government at one point, our United States government, was very interested in all these things. And it was right post-World War II, right around Vietnam War. We didn't have a lot of success in Vietnam. So they were looking for new ways to become a new american army and so they started deciding to train psychic warriors okay this became famously the movie the men who stare at goats oh gotta love me some george clooney and this young guy named ewan mcgregor was in it as a reporter who stumbles on he's in iraq he wants to get into iraq uh, during the Iraq invasion, he's trying to please, please, please get, he's a reporter trying to get anything in. And he discovers this odd guy, this uh, special forces operator named Lynn Cassidy, who uh, is George Clooney and who's going in. And so he's just so excited to be able to go with somebody. But then as he starts learning, this guy, Lynn Cassidy he says, Hey, I was trained as a psychic spy in the eighties. I was trained by, um, a guy named Bill Django was played by the great Jeff Bridges. And we formed yes. the New Earth Battalion. And we are Jedi warriors. And I love that Ewan McGregor, who will later become Obi-Wan, is, uh, is studying about Jedi warriors. That is, it's hysterical and it's so funny that they called them that. Yeah. And it starts with this general, uh, or, or sorry, uh, yeah, Lieutenant Colonel, who's like staring at a wall and it's uh, played by, um, oh, the guy's the bad guy in the Avatar movie. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, But he basically is staring at a wall so intently and then he tries to run through the wall because he's convinced he can phase through the wall and then he clobbers himself. And then the movie immediately states, more of this is true than you realize. Right? This is actually a true story? There is more of a truth than you realize is the perfect way to describe it. Okay. So, uh, the It's based on a book by a reporter named John Ronson. And this is just kind of this comedy fantasy thing. And the book starts really, really funny and then takes a really dark turn towards the end. Okay. And the movie just kind of keeps it kind of lighthearted the whole way through. But John Ronson actually did stumble on this and decided, 
wait, wait, wait. This can't be true, right? <laughs> this can't be. These things can't be real. And he actually made a documentary called The Crazy Rulers of the Earth. Okay. And it is his descent into this world uh, where he's finding these people who are still very actively doing this stuff in the civilian world now. Uh, and they're actually like hosting conferences and okay. some of these techniques that they learned from the military. And um, so that's kind of where it started. And then he realizes how deep it goes and goes down the rabbit hole. And we are going to go down the rabbit hole. Are we ready for this? Yes, I'm I was been ready. I think I'm, okay. ready. I'm not <laughs> at all. So, okay, I'm still at the, this was actually real face. So, got it. Got it. Okay. So, first off, we kind of have to separate a little bit of fact from fiction, right? There was this new Earth army that they were making in this. And um, they had, you know, the characters. But the characters changed their names, right? It wasn't the new Earth army. It was a uh, army that was called Earth Battalion One, and um, that was the the handbook that the founder of this organization dealt with. Now, this is a guy named Colonel John Alexander. He was a Special Forces commander in Vietnam, and he spent decades after Vietnam promoting the use of psychics and remote viewers for national security. Now, do you know what a remote viewer is? No, what is a remote viewer? Okay, a remote viewer is a type of psychic that basically they get into a meditative state, trance of some sort, and they use that to spy on the enemy. Now, Boeing, which makes planes and all that, they were, you know, military contractor. They actually started experiments on this in the 1960s. And it just never really latched on, but they did have military money going into this. Okay. Uh, but by 1980s, the army itself started researching this. And they had military applications and science applications right that was what they went into this but i think they were pretty military bent because all right so they had 16 people that we know of being paid by the u.s government to study the psychic spying 14 of which were military two of which were for scientific purposes now, that's just the ones we know of, the operatives. These were the people who were actually trained in this. That's not talking about all the support personnel and all the other money and stuff. This is where, you know, when you're going to pay your taxes this year, you know, <laughs> think about how this is a project that was from 20 years ago, or I'm sorry, 40 years ago, and we're just now learning about it. And some even 20 years ago, what, what in 20 years are we going to find out that our money is being spent on now? They actually use some of this to say that 9-11 could have been predicted had we studied this harder. What? Yes, that we could have found 
some of these things. Had the psychic spies been reactivated, we could have stopped 9-11. Okay, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to go back. I need to go back a tick or 10 on this at this point. <laughs> because, um, so they they had all these people. Did they literally have any evidence of this working whatsoever? Okay, I'm glad you asked that. Because the reason they started this, why would we even start this, right? The military, why would they even look into this? Because the Russians were doing it. They had a report that the Russians were doing. And there could not be a psychic gap, right? Uh, you know, it's like when we we were here that the Russians are doing something, we have to, you know, we have to double down on it. This goes back to our MK Ultra we talked about with the Polybius episode where um the government was doing secret government experimentations on drugs on people to see if they could use them to loosen their tongues and stuff. And they would basically buy hookers and drugs for people they wanted to spy on and see if it worked. And But then sometimes we did it on our own agents to see if it would screw them up. And yeah, imagine that. Acid and LSD did screw them up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, But... The real guy, um, Jim, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Channon, he was really in to the New Age movement, right? He came back from Vietnam and he's like, I want to study this stuff. I need to study this. So the government basically gave him about $50 million a year to work with. And he basically hung around communes and going to psychic warrior school and becoming a shaman, becoming a medicine man, becoming all these things so that he could become a, a proper remote viewer as well as training these men in non-lethal fighting. That was his big thing, non-lethal. I Hold on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There warrior so mind training. Okay, so... Russia was doing this. Did they have any success that we are aware of? We don't know it actually worked. And we don't so, know Russia actually was doing it. So we just heard they were doing this and we're like, suddenly, you know what we need to do? We need to do the same thing. We need to do the same thing. Yep. Um, now, some of the things he was trying to do were actually some positive stuff. Like he was learning uh, some ancient samurai techniques and they actually started teaching these at Camp Lejeune as a possible treatment for PTSD. They have a $4 million initiative at the time uh, studying Reiki and transcendental meditation and bioenergy. And the Air Force even put some money into looking into acupuncture for battlefield relief. Okay. And some of this sounds pretty, you know, logical that it's like, okay, some of this does help people. So let's see if it can help people. Now, the remote viewing, one of the things they were doing is they were trying to remote view where they would basically send a spy psychically, astrally, to the enemy, and they would go into places that you could not go into. Like, you could go into a black room. We have some of those, you know, for when we have those black box discussions, they call it, for the government, like some of these UFO disclosures where they can't do a a proper public thing. They take them into a black room where nobody's allowed to record. Nothing can be recorded and nobody can, no spy satellite can listen in. Well, what if you could remote view in? 
What if you could walk into that? So we were trying to do that to the Russians. And that was actually how we were supposedly looking for Osama bin Laden. We were looking for uh, some of these other people. One of the people they did supposedly have success with was Manuel Noriega in Panama. They were able to find where he was hiding by using this. And uh, supposedly. Okay, did they? <laughs> in, in with working with regular intelligence as well. Oh my God, there are so many things I'm thinking right now. But continue. how many layers, right? How many layers? Well, I'm just, how long did this go on for? Decades. Decades. See, that's the part that keeps throwing me because yeah. generally you have to have some kind of result, like right. just something. It can be a small thing, but some yeah. sort of evidentiary proof that this ridiculous escapade you are on actually will lead somewhere. Yeah. All right. So, so one of the things he discovered, this Channon guy, he basically retired from the military in 1982. He did not serve in Iraq, but some of his sound techniques he did that he was using sound energy to affect the brain and to affect people to heal them and do all that. Well, the military took it and said, well, if you can use this to heal people, what if we did the reverse? And now we have sonic weapons. And you may think, okay, that sounds science fiction-y. That may, you know, we're, we have used infrasound and things like that to, to test things. But the one thing that came out of this was something they did do to Manuel Noriega when he was locked in his compound. They would later do it on our own soil to the uh, Branch Davidians is they would torture them with sound and they would yeah. sit outside their encampments and play strange music at all hours of night or sounds of like bunnies being massacred and, you know, slaughtered and, and pigs being slaughtered and, and all these weird noises to try to drive people out of their hiding. Sadly, we would also use this in Afghanistan to torture people by playing the Barney song over and over again and all this stuff. And of course, that's what comes out of this as we discover, oh, shiitake, we're doing this stuff. Now, the crazy thing also is they did learn that, oh, cannabis oil does work for healing. So we can give that, especially with PTSD people. So that's when the military starts actually prescribing cannabis oil to help people with PTSD. Now, it was not a paranormal force. That is what they say is they all love to say this was not a paranormal force. It was a think tank and that they were trying to figure out the real possibility of nuclear war and how to survive and how we will do the unthinkable with these awakened warriors. And uh, they will be able to be players in the new network of society that would form after this. We're getting into this. I mean, oh my gosh, it just, it begins to just start going even crazier. Because I, uh, mm, you ready? Okay. So no, hold on. We have, <laughs> we have to take another pause here. We have to take a, what the actual fuck pause for a moment here. Yep. So I I understand the sound thing. We've talked about that before. Uh, me and you have talked about that because mm. it is absolutely 
a way to hurt people. I mean, you know, people have done it with like sound. And even I know scientifically, I have to use that word while we're talking about this stuff, because this is a shit show. Um, Scientifically, uh, sound, even on levels that we are not um, consciously hearing, can affect things. Like, you know, that they've shown that it can shatter glass. So imagine what it's doing to your brain if it can do that, you know. That sort of thing. I, I get all that. And I get the acupuncture. I've done acupuncture myself. Acupuncture can do amazing things by a skilled practitioner. All this stuff. But really? Really where we are on all this? Jim Channon, who founded this, right? Mm-hmm. He says, look, this is what, what I intended was none of this, right? Drugs were never part of this. This was just uh, healing and stuff like that do these things. And so he put out the instruction manual for the Earth Battalion. He declassified it himself, despite the military objecting it. And so you can actually find that. And I've read the 150 pages of it, which is pretty crazy. It's for peace technology, right? And one of his things was he basically had the warriors wearing speakers, and it would be playing like indigenous music, and words of peace when they come paratrooping in they would hold like some symbolic animal like a lamb or a dove wow it's peace uh and they would have all kinds of spiritual symbols on their uniforms because they were warriors of peace right now one of the weapons they had was a thing that became known as the predator it looks like a little piece of plastic shaped like a pea and this was in the movie and it is a real thing. And you can buy them on eBay uh, or uh, even Amazon. Uh, they are uh, a little weapon that you put in your hand and use it as a grip. And you can actually disable people with this. It is like you can you can use it to grip somebody with it and it just punches into their hand and it just stops the nerves and all this stuff. It's pretty crazy. But if it was left on the battlefield, no one would know what the hell it is. That was the whole point of this thing. Um, now the most major thing is, could they kill somebody with telepathy? Correct. The answer is probably not. Supposedly one of the soldiers in this organization, the one George Clooney is a mix of like three different characters. They've merged into this one. He supposedly, they were using goats instead of human targets, right? When they're training this stuff, because that's what the military does. We use goats for training a lot of things, sadly, but it was an active denial system, which was basically you would shoot a goat and practice medical techniques on it, right? To That's how you would prepare for battlefield medicine. And this one guy, one of the real people was named Colonel Alexander, and he can do cloud bursting. Do you know what cloud bursting is? That's where you stare oh, at a cloud. Oh, I don't long know enough. what cloud bursting is. What the hell is cloud bursting? All right. That's where you stare at a cloud long enough. You make it ex- dis- dissipate by staring at it intently. You mean called science and wind, but you yeah, think. But no, no, it. they can make it happen before the science and wind just by using their psychic energy. Uh, what was great, One of the wife of this Colonel Alexander was able to interview her at one point, and she said, well, it certainly helped during our cruise to Antarctica, uh, where he was able to break all the clouds up. 
It was so we had sunny days. The oh whole my, time. oh my God, Mark, Mark, I need to, I need to but, take a break. I, well, hold I, on. She oh swears that he never used his powers to kill a goat. But when we come back, we're going to talk about what other people said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Going to need a cleanser. Need a cleanser. Okay. Here you go. Travelers, here's our sponsors. Prepare to be devoured. The Wolves of Wharton is a six-part complete book series by Erie Travel's producer, Bo Lake. It has been called dark and visceral, steamy, dramatic, and a fresh take on the werewolf mythos. If you like action, adventure, a large serving of body horror, and some steamy relations, the Wolves of Wharton series is for you. Pick it up wherever books are sold or at linktree.com slash bow underscore underscore lake. The sweltering heat of the Florida sun breaks as a chill runs down your spine. A dark shadow looms from a nearby tourist trap. You didn't expect to find this kind of shade in Florida. If only there was some sort of travel guide to steer you through the spookier locales. Well, you're in luck, reader. Join author Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz as they lead you through the darkest locations in the Sunshine State in creepy Florida. Available from History Press and at fine bookstores everywhere. Okay, we're back. I do have to say, though, because you just said something, Mark, off yes. line, and it is so true. I get that we have to ensure that we can be safe as a country yeah. from things. I totally get that. And I get that technically research is never a failed, there's no such thing as a failed experiment because yeah. you learn from it. Right. However, when, you know, you just said this, which is, we do not pay our teachers enough in this country. We do not offer enough things to assist certain members of our communities. Yep. And, you know, and you, you want to make sure people have, you know, like veterans have a safe place to stay, especially because we know how prevalent mental illness is, especially from combat veterans and stuff yep. like that. And they were spending money for decades to stare at goats, to use mental abilities. Like yep. I just go, how would that have given us someone up? And at what point in time do you go, maybe we take this funding and pay for kindergartens for children? Yeah. Well, I have uh, lots of comments on that. I'm a staunch limited government guy. But just because I, I, you know, when we find out how much money we spend on schools and how much of it actually gets down to the school, it's like, where did it all go? before it actually gets down to the people who need it, that's where I have the problems. And that's where this these projects like this get swept, are in that, in that middle mass where the money sounds like, oh, let's do this. And then suddenly it gets filtered into all these sub projects. And then it doesn't actually get to all the guys, soldiers on the battlefield who needed that extra armor or, or something else, you know, um, yeah. we're there. But anyway, that's another discussion and we're not a political show. So, but we are talking some politics here because it's so crazy. So the first Earth Battalion's manual makes very clear winning the psychological battle 
is the biggest part of the struggle, right? Knowing yeah. is half the battle. This is knowing is 90% of the battle to the first earth battalion. Uh, if your opponent believes that you can kill them with a look, then they are already halfway to being defeated. That's the quote. And many martial arts masters know that by, you know, just kind of showing their students what would kind of be kind of tricky moves, then they've already convinced them that this is the value of discipline, right? This is this is what I wish I could learn. And maybe it's not quite, you know, you want to take everything at face value, but there is a report that this Colonel uh, Anderson was able to sit in a room and he was able to stare at a goat and it started bleeding, started crying, and eventually it fell over where its heart had stopped. And um, aren't there goats that do that anyway? There are fainting goats and stuff like that, but this one died literally, his heart exploded. And there are witnesses, there were literally cameras, witnesses said this happened. And so that's when they went all in. The government's like, Oh my god, this is it. We have found our holy grail weapon. We have we have a warrior monk. Let's do this. So, not to be the bearer of bad news, but did anybody actually, like, do an autopsy on this situation? That's classified. Oh, okay. So, we didn't actually check to see if the goat died. Wait, that's the problem with this. This is, so much of this has been declassified, but so much of it is still classified. The CIA cleared a lot of this, but then a lot of it didn't. Well, I think is the government probably with what is in these records, and I don't mean from a, ooh, this is dangerous, but more of an, ooh, you look like idiots for funding this for so long. Yeah. I would keep this all classified as well. And the problem is, is that so many different departments were involved in this. Like, uh, it started with the Stanford Research Institute, and then it became the Defense Intelligence Agency in partnership with uh, the SRI. And then somehow it got transferred to Fort Meade, in Maryland. And now later on, it became known as, you know, there are all these random names. We love these government names where they're just basically two random words put together. Yeah. uh, And and that's how they come up with these names. And one of the documents came out and then, then it turned into thousands of documents was one that had a better name, Project Stargate. And that one- Like the TV show. That was in from the 80s, and that was the one that was using it for remote viewing. And one of the remote viewing projects into that, they actually were spying on Mars. I'm sorry. In the past. Past Mars. The one of their remote viewers went to Mars astrally and then was able to transport himself into the past because he found a city buried on Mars. And then they asked him, well, can you go back in time to study this city? And he did. And it's one of the unclassified documents. As he went back and when there was a society on Mars and he was able to talk to the aliens because they did not see him as a threat because he was a projected creature from a future world. Oh my God, my head is exploding right now in a very painful way. Now that government program ended in 2014 so that one's no longer being funded 
Okay, but but how long did it go on for? 1995 to 2014. So 11 years we paid. No, I'm for sorry, I have that wrong. That was the previous incarnation. Project Stargate went on till from 1978 to 1995, and then the second project went from 1995 to 2014. I would like my money back. <laughs> That is that is what I have to say regarding this situation. I would like a full and unlimited refund of all my monies, please. All right. So I would like to also say that this could be preternatural stuff we don't understand. I think the consensus is that some things exist and some things are not. <laughs> and uh, somewhere in here is lies the truth, right? So there are statistical errors throughout all these papers that were declassified. There are kinds of crazy things that are like, wait a minute, why did this not happen the exact same when the next guy did it? Or the next guy did it? Or the next guy did it? And, you know, if we actually did one day find ESP and could prove it, you know, can we prove that each person does it the exact same way? Right? I mean, well, we have... Again, I I am not I I do not have a problem with obviously looking into stuff and things like that, but I think creating a whole government thing and spending this much time and energy because oh. it's more to me like there are certain people like I do believe in psychics. It's preternatural. Like I do believe different people have different mental abilities, right? Right. And we're not going down completely this rabbit hole, but I'm I'm uncasing that there is a rabbit hole underneath what I'm saying. My problem with this is that instead of like going and having somebody observe the people that may or may not be able to do a function and do like correct research on several people doing this sort of thing shamans sages witch doctors whatever you want to call it right mm. and observing the results and just cataloging it with an unbiased view of it instead they spent probably millions to stare at goats to kill them yes okay cool cool yeah. cool cool this first earth battalion right several members have moved on to other organizations. Hey. Right? One of them happens to be a company called Psy, P-S-I. And they are actually a public speaking organization that goes to teach you about using like a warrior code and a spirituality code in your business and how to form like a monk style attitude in the world. Okay. One of the other companies is one of those that is under the company that was formerly called Blackwater. Uh, and they actually work for the government. And we don't know what they do. They are a super secret organization <laughs> that uh, we're not sure. But the government does give them money. It's It's so wild that these things are still going on, right? That, um, yeah, um, there is more to this than meets the eye. So now let's get back to the goat, right? Yes, let's, so let's is, do that. This is one of the quotes was. So at first glance, the shed at the fort could have been anywhere in the world. 30 goats were happily munching on hay and staring at blank concrete walls of the stable. 
Every few minutes, one of the goats would stop chewing, begin gasping for breath, and then nonchalantly carry on eating. Nothing had happened. In an equally nondescript room next to the shed, the young sergeant in combat fatigues was staring at the goats through a window fitted into a one-way glass. And two of the soldiers in a general were anxiously watching the sergeant. Every so often, the general would shake his head slightly and a worried look would cross his face. And then the young sergeant took another sip of coffee, put it down, and something extraordinary happened. Goat number 17 let out the silent bleat, keeled over, and died. The general's quote, my God, it works. Okay, so... That's the military report. I got it. I just, I just, oh, I just want to point out that he said, let out a silent bleat. Right. A bleat is a noise. So there is no such thing as a silent bleat. That is not a thing, official government report man. Oh, I have so many words that I'm thinking of this, but I'm just going to be nice and stop talking because. All right. Well, the one thing is Ronson, who did the documentary on this, he actually goes into interviews with all of the members that he can find of this organization that are still around. And he gets some of them are still around to this day. Uh, I've talked to a couple of them over the years at different events you know, just bumping into them going, oh, hey, I I know your story. They are all still convinced that the Russians are doing this and still studying this. Even though Russia ran out of money and had to rebuild completely, he thinks this is one of the projects that they have reinvested in. What was cool about the manual, right? So I, I, I got one of the manuals and read it in the day, uh, which was pretty cool. And it's basically learning how to build yourself up, right? And um, here's here's the quote from the manual. Armies can be both instruments of destruction and the guardians of humanity's evolution. The warrior monk's role is to protect the possible and to nurture the potential, to generate workable international solutions to defuse the nuclear time bomb. We must wisely use energy, enforce ecological balance, assist with appropriate technological expansion, and above all, strive for human development in ourselves and in others. I invite each of you, soldier and civilian, to become an evolutionary and to adopt the code of ethics of the warrior monk. So they didn't call it Project Jedi. (laughs) Okay. I mean, there's some, God, I just have too many emotions on this particular situation at this time. I mean, I agree that there's definitely some moral, you know, and ethical things. I agree. We got to harmonize our earth. That that would be nice. You know, our first allegiance should be planet earth. Right. I kind of like the planet we live on. I am also, I'm with Elon. We got to get off here because at some point our sun is going to go out. And it's not going to go out lightly. It's going to go big. And we got to be gone by then. Now, I know it's not, hopefully not in my lifetime, hopefully not in, you know, generations of lifetimes, but it is going to happen. We got to be out here. We got to be on Babylon 5 at some point. 
right? <laughs> no, that's so. true. But see, that's science. It's not, though, using our brain to try to, okay, I can't even say these things out loud. It's just you makes- just got to, you know, put yourself in a flow of a fearless state of consciousness and so that you can be a warrior monk and work your way, you know, make your chakras up to a path of oneness, right? That's That's what this is all about. And that's what his book was all about. Now, he says this was the actual training manual for the government. No, we can find no actual evidence that this was the manual. This guy did write this and it is available. He gives it out as at his events and stuff. Um, oh, we are just going to have to share links to this movie, this documentary, <laughs> this book if we can. Yeah. And Ron Johnson, now don't confuse, is this was the crazy rulers of the world. He did a second documentary called Secret Rulers of the World. And that one goes into all our fun conspiracy theories, including where uh, the Russian royal family, they were actually reptilians in human form, and that uh, they have infiltrated all of society and r secretly rule the world. Now, if this episode doesn't come out, we know what happened. Okay. So, um, well, nobody will know what happened because it won't have come out. So, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, oh, God, levels. That's all I can say, levels at this point in time. I can't <laughs> even, I just, uh, you have a problem is, with gorilla gurus? Come on. I, you know, my, I, here's the thing. You know that I am a believer of many things. Yes. I, I, the re part of the reason travelers, I do this podcast is there's so much that I know that I don't know. And there's stuff that Mark knows that I don't know. But when just hearing about this, I have gone through the gamut of emotions and I am still outraged. We spent as much money as we did on this activity. That's, I, that's where that is I where, landed honestly, emotionally speaking. Yeah. That is honestly where I have the issue is that you know, we spent tons on this, but yet we're not allowed to discuss UAPs. We're not allowed to discuss, you know, other things that would be much better spent money on. Ronald McGraw was one of the members of the First Earth Battalion, and he wrote a book called Mind Wars. Okay. Here's, here's a quote that I actually do find fascinating. I have the capacity and therefore the duty to contribute to the development of myself, my associates, and our planet simultaneously now. I will organize a self-supporting high commando group that will create and perform evolutionary breakthrough actions on behalf of people and the planet. One people, one planet. I will then pass on this concept to others who are capable of generating further self-organizing commando teams. I will await the time when my group can connect naturally with others at higher and higher levels of awareness and performance, and we won't be a national guard. We will be the natural guard. I like that a lot. I thought that, that actually, I can get behind that, right? Yeah, that I'm 100% on board with. Everything else, no. Now, in that book, he has nine levels that you, you train yourself up. And as long as you read six of those, you can call yourself a master. Okay. Well, we'll put links to all of this stuff. So, travelers, yeah. if you decide you want to go down the rabbit hole, 
and listen to this great. If you have any listener stories you want to share with us, great. I feel like I want X's feedback. <laughs> you may be a warrior monk. You know, you know. That's I guess that's entirely possible. Question I mean, mark. I, I am all for thinking outside the box when it comes militarily. We have to do that. I've I've been recently watching uh, Apple's Masters of the Air because I I've watched Band of Brothers a thousand times. I've watched The Pacific a thousand times. This is their new one. And it's incredible. And some of the things we learned, diversionary tactics we learned during World War II could have saved so many more lives. And I was I had hoped they'd use some of that in these you know, Masters of the Air, and we just didn't. We were we were trying precision bombing during the day. And there's a reason the British bombed at night because it was safer. We bombed yeah. during the day because we wanted to hit the right things and not hit the bad things. Uh, but that cost us so many more lives. And and so if we can come up with some way to stop a bad guy without having to go in and, and do terrible things, yeah, I'm all for that. But I'm also let's let's do it logically here. You know, there's 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 other ways. Yeah, and there are other things we can invest money in that will bring about a, a more uh, a symbiotic society. So let's put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, I love the imagery of paratrooping into enemy territory, holding a goat and a, or a baby lamb and, and playing peaceful music. But if I'm paratrooping into enemy territory, um, I would like a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I think if a big gun is also intimidating too. So yes. <laughs> I can kill you with a look, but I can also kill you with this. I also so. think paratrooping into any situation automatically puts people on their guard. People don't go, oh, I wonder why they're dropping into our land. I wonder if they're here in peace. Those are not the first thoughts that come to anybody's brain in these situations. Mm. Sorry, that's not how it works. There's some immediate logical things that... Just make these ideas completely the, wacko cuckoo crazy. The great so, Susie Azard's, you know, the first uh, transvestite brigade where they, they paratroop in with makeup and everybody's like, oh, they look fabulous. Oh, they've got guns. Quick, everybody get <laughs> no, See that? That's brilliant. Because yeah. that would throw you off. You wouldn't think maybe they're a danger. But yep. then when you saw how fabulous they were, you'd be like, oh, they're not a danger. Oh, mm. wait, no, they have guns. Okay, they are a danger. See, that's the right, that's the bait and switch of the situation, I think. So with that, Mark, please, please, please take us away. Well, thank you so much, Patreons, for putting us the money to help make this happen. Thank you to our sponsors, as always, uh, for helping keep this uh, ship on the, the sea here. And uh, we thank you so much as we continue our spiritual journey into learning all these mindfulness uh, things. We will be happy to point out that uh, Paranormality Magazine is available, you know, paranormalitymag.com, where you can vote for us as one of your top 10 podcasts if you want to hear more crazy stuff like that. We like being on there. Always enjoy being on that list. We also want to thank all of you who showed up at our events. Thanks again, and we'll see you at some of the others. Go to eerietravels.com and see where we're going to be next on this uh, wonderful journey, where our next travels will take us now. All that said, I believe it is time that we apply our spiritual knowledge, raise our awareness levels, dive deep into the hardcore levels of our souls so that we can master ourselves 
and bring real change to the world that will create peace and sustainability for generations to come. And I will see you on the other side.